Today, Tali stops by to talk about her new album, Future Dwellers. Tali is Natalia Shepard, or MC Tali. That Future Dwellers is significant in that it makes her the first woman vocalist in drum and bass to self-produce her own album. The many seeds that we sow I still can't make this garden grow Maybe it's psychological And I'll never understand it Hello. How's it going? Good. Excellent. Glad you decided to stop up. It's been kind of slow around here getting visitors okay, with COVID well, and the pandemic and all that stuff. Thanks so for having me. My pleasure. Uh, you've got a new album out, Future Dwellers. Mm -hmm. Just came out on Friday. Must yep. have been exciting. What did you do on Friday? Anything? Uh, well, I, yeah, I'm notoriously bad for celebrating releases. I don't usually do anything. It's kind of um, nerve-wracking as it is. But I had a friend say, come on, you must be doing something. Actually, my friend Julia Deans. Oh, yeah, you, yeah, I just saw her before. on... Uh, Saturday night singing with Tammy Nielsen. I did too. Oh, man. What a show. Oh my God. What a show. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, so um, Julie was like, come on, babes, you've got to do something. So I thought, all right, well, let's go for a drink. So we went for a drink to Pocket Bar, and then my husband and I had dinner out, and then we went to see Reb Fountain at Town Hall. Right. Yeah, and then yep. um, Saturday I went to see Tammy yep. Um, yep. at Altea Center. So I've had a really amazing weekend of music. Yep, yep. I mean, just with Tammy and Reb back to back, what more? You know, and two good intense. friends of mine, we're all part of something called The Witch's Coven. Oh, really? So it's uh, Reb Fountain, Anika Moore, Holly Smith, Julia Deans, myself, Anna Coddington, um, Steph Brown from Lips, and we all just get together occasionally and talk about music and the patriarchy and they oh, talk the about their kids. Is there, are there any cauldrons involved? <laughs> no, but there's good. definitely lots of spell casting. Oh, good, good, good. I like to hear that. Excellent. Well, I, I would love to just like listen in on one of those. I've had lots of women be like, I want to be invited. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Alrighty. So, Future Dwellers, first album in a little while. Uh, yeah, so it's been three years since yep. my last release, which was Love and Migration. Yeah. And when did this thing start to take form? It started to take form during lockdown right. because obviously everybody during lockdown were finding things to do, you know, people taking up knitting and cooking and all that sort of stuff. Yep. For me, it was, okay, this is enforced studio time. I obviously have to go into the studio and like create because this is the perfect opportunity. So for me, it was just getting up every day, doing yoga, going into my studio, switching on my computer and sort of sitting there and kind of thinking, right, what am I going to do today? And initially it just started out just creating and really getting to learn how to use logic. Right. Um, the, that's the door I use. And um, I wanted to kind of like better my skills as a producer. I have produced stuff in the past before. Right. But it's possibly been not of a standard that I was like really, really proud of, um, even though I did release it. So I was like, right, I want to, you know, really get a hold of this production thing, yep. producer thing. And I started creating and then at one point I just started playing around with some drum and bass beats, which I've never ever tried to do in my 20 year career because I've always felt like it wasn't really my place as an MC, as a vocalist, you know, okay. like I'm yep. not considered a producer, right. I'm not a DJ, stay in your lane, yep. that all kind of thing. But then I thought, well, you know, I'm classically trained, I've been making music for 20 years, I know this industry really well, I compose for film and television, why am I doubting myself right. to make drum and bass? Yep. So I started playing around with it and yeah, just little by little started to make some things and I knew I'd kind of was on to something when my husband came running downstairs and went, what's this tune? Did you make this? I said, yeah, this is one of mine. He's like, this is amazing. This is really good. And that kind of gave me that boost to continue doing it. So over the following three years, that's what I did. Yay. Next thing I had an album. 
There you go. Easy as that. Easy as that. Well, it wasn't that <laughs> I'm sure easy, but it, wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so much fun. Like I actually really enjoyed the process, and I kind of, you know, silver linings when it comes to the pandemic. That was definitely mine. Yep. I think a lot of people just you got to work with it. This is the yeah. situation you're dealt with. That's that's yeah. make something out of it. Cool. So you got some interesting people working with you on the record. Mm -hmm. Other vocalists and so. What made you say somebody named Luca George or Jazz Patterson? Yeah. Who are these people? Why are they on your record? So I am a music mentor. Um, I work for the New Zealand Music Commission a lot, going into schools and doing music mentoring with um, students. And yeah. um, another thing I do a lot of is um, empowering women who are coming through in the industry. So younger women, like doing um, mentoring sessions with them and kind of giving them the tools to um, find the confidence and the and the and the uh, knowledge to navigate. The way in the music industry so I pay a lot of attention to who's coming through who's coming up mm -hmm. um, Jazz Patterson I was actually introduced to because I was doing a mentoring session at the Soul Academy down in Christchurch which is um, I run by a good friend of mine, Sasha, Sasha V. And I met Jazz there, wonderful singer. She asked me if she could come up and do a songwriting session with me here in Auckland. Came to my studio, came in, laid down some vocals. We didn't end up doing anything with that song, but it made me kind of think, hmm, I would like her to sing on my album. Right. Luca George, I just discovered him on Instagram. I think um, somebody might have uh, posted like a mutual friend might have reposted one of his videos I heard his voice I was immediately transfixed and was like this bro needs to sing on some drum and bass right even though he's a pop singer right. jazz is also what I would say more of a left field pop singer uh, Farah Swami, he's a guy I've been paying attention to for a while he's Ethiopian born New Zealand raised incredible R&B um, singer soul singer you know, kind of with this, he's this part of this new generation that's coming through. It's very cool and um, making lots of edgy, cool R&B type stuff. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, bro, yeah. would you want to do a tune with me? And, you know, just I just hit people up and hustle. Like INF from Swidit. Never in a million years did I think someone from one of New Zealand's biggest hip-hop crews would want to sing on a song with me or rap on a song with me. Yep. And he yep. was like, I'd love to, sis. Yep. You're yep. amazing. I'll be like, oh, you're amazing too. Yeah. So there was this general kind of like loving between me and all these amazing artists. Right. And yeah, they just... They were all so willing to give it a go, even if it wasn't maybe in their wheelhouse, especially someone like Luca George. Right. So now you're producing as well. So that puts yeah. you, you know, higher up on the food chain. Where I guess. So the, all the decisions are all yours. You yeah. have to make sure that you, you, you know, once you get them in there, you have to get what you want too. So yeah. And I think vocal production is something that I am strong in. Like I've vocal produced artists for many, many years. Um, I've sat in on studio sessions um, in both America and in the UK where I have assisted the producer in getting good results from the singer. So I know that's something that I'm strong at and I know that also with my education, um, educational work and my mentoring. I think I have a good ability to make people feel comfortable and kind of at the same time push them a little bit further than maybe they would be used to doing. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right, all right. Very good. So um, I, as anybody who knows me knows, drum and bass is not at the top of my list of things that I pay attention to, but yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. So my, but my, my guess is that it's also kind of technology driven as well and whatever the newest for sure. Or, uh, software, whereas, you know, the old rock and rollers are just using amps and guitars and drums and that's I all mean, we're using about. amps and guitars too, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, I, I'm on my album, there's live trumpet, there's right. live strings, there's um, live guitar. Julia Deans actually plays on the last track on the album. Um, a lot of it is uh, uh, 
uh, orchestral driven. So right. I'm really influenced by all music that has a cinematic element to it. I like things that are could be a, it could be a soundtrack to a film. I also like music that has a slight edge to it, something a little bit dark, mysterious, melancholic. So, you know, a lot of people seem to think that drum and bass is this very uh, and, and it's understandable because at the moment drum and bass is at this massive peak of its lifespan where it's very commercial and it's very mainstream but a lot right. of the music you hear is a lot of the same yep. it's played by people who look the same right. a lot of white men yep. playing this music um, and so there is this kind of generalization that that's all there is to our genre mm -hmm. whereas it is over 20 years old it's spawned Mercury Prize winners like Ronnie Size it's it's spawned award-winning albums you know like really incredible producers like Goldie and Fabian Grooverider who have had shows on Radio 1 BBC yep. you yep. know so actually if you really want to look deeply into the genre it has a huge uh, it's had a huge influence on the culture of music um, and the history of electronic music in general we're kind of looked down on a little bit I think because people have a misconception and a miseducation about the music whereas I think if you take the time to really investigate it there's so many different facets to the music and you can always find something in it that you like right. I particularly love liquid drum and bass which is the more soulful side so it's more vocal driven it has a lot of soul samples and elements to it lots of live instrumentation that's what i like right and that's the kind of stuff that like my mum gets into you right know? right 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 okay so with that in mind and what i was trying to get at before was how do you stay up to date on all the stuff that's changing and moving especially me personally yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess it's just um it's very easy i think especially when you get to like my age where it's where you can just kind of be like ah, oh, you know i've been in this industry for 20 years i don't really care about what's happening now and you, you know and people get very sort of stale and stuck in their ways and almost become gatekeepers to the progression of the scene i'm not about that at all i've uh -huh. always been about evolving and seeing what's new and it's really just paying attention like how can i say that i'm you know like an exponent of my scene if i am not up to date with what's happening right even if i don't necessarily like sure. a lot of what's current if you really look there's still people making stuff that you like so yeah i mean it's just it helps that my husband is a dj he has a radio show on sundays on georgia fm called the liquid lowdown he's also a promoter so i get to hear a lot of new music through him yep yeah. Okay. And speaking of DJing, you do quite a bit of it yourself, right? I don't DJ. I'm I, I'm on the mic. You're on the mic. You're yeah, the MC. So Sorry. I'm an MC. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I would like to try MCing, but my husband's like, God, you're good at everything. Could you just leave one thing to yeah. me? <laughs> so yeah. when, when you do do that, t tell me, how is that different than what you're doing here? So this is production base. It's sitting in the studio, sitting in front of a, a computer screen. When I MC, it's me and a DJ live on stage. Um, I'm a freestyle freestyler, so right. it really depends on what the DJ is playing. So I will rap and sing along with what they're playing and just make it up on the spot. Um, so it's all about kind of taking the crowd on a journey. I'm also a conscious lyricist, so a lot of the stuff that I rap is is um, are lyrics that have meaning, and mm -hmm. they're not. It's not just hands in the air and make yep, right, some right, noise. Right. It's not just that. It's about talking about where we're at. In the current climate of the world you know from right up to like um, breakups and like you know things that are happening every day to me myself like I'll rap about all of it right yeah okay and do you have to kind of read the crowd a hundred percent I mean but I think it's more the DJ that has to read the crowd they're right. the ones who have to 
vibe check is what we call it you know okay so vibe check look up what's the audience doing what are they loving what are they kind of looking a bit bored with and going with that and then i have to go with what the dj is doing because they have control of that sure. which is why i like producing right because now I you're in charge control. <laughs> there you go <laughs> very nice <laughs> all righty so uh, out of the tracks on here pick one that you want it has a story behind it that you can tell me about on your album. Um, For the folks at home, I have the songs written down. <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't we talk about um, Lion's Den, actually, okay. because right. I feel like I've talked about a lot of other songs with other people, and Lion's Den actually has, I mean, they all have a lot of meaning to me because I've taken a lot of time with all of them. It's all killer, no filler, right. this album. Ooh. So, um, Lion's Den was a song that actually was spurred on because I saw an interview with one of my favorite musicians, a huge influence in my music career, and that's Tricky uh -huh. from Bristol. Right. Um, and I lived in Bristol for five years when I was signed to Ronnie Sizer's label, and then I moved to London for five years. But the Bristol sound, and Tricky in particular, was hugely influential sure. to me. When I lived in Wellington, was going to uni, I used to put Tricky on late at night, you know, walk those like rainy streets of Wellington and the, the misty cold and listen to his voice and his raps and be like, yeah, I want to make shit like that, you know. Right. Um, so Lion's Den was sparked because I saw an interview with Tricky and he's, he's talking about when he worked with Massive Attack, yep. another Bristol-based band, and he says it was just five musicians or five people making music, not for fame, not for success, not for money, making music because they love it you know, and doing it together because they love it. And I remember hearing that and being like, I need to sample that. <laughs> so I took that snippet of the interview and I put it in Lion's Den because for me, when I worked with um, the record label that I was signed to back in 2004, which was Ronnie Sizer's label, Full Cycle, mm -hmm. there was literally five guys and me. Right. So it was like, we were making money. Yep. Uh, sorry, we weren't, we weren't doing it for the money. We were, we were making music for the love of it. Definitely, they were still making music for fame and success, but for me, it was like more than that. It was the whole experience of living out a dream that I'd had since I was a young teenager yep. to work with these guys. Right. And Lion's Den, I guess, is also a bit of a um, metaphor for the music industry, you know, uh, especially as a woman trying to navigate what does yeah. often feel like a Lion's Den. Well, that's been a topic yeah. of conversation quite a bit. And we mentioned Tammy, she, her all. Yeah. Half of her album is about those kind of experiences. A very feminist well. album. And yeah. I think it's, like she said at her concert, it's, it's like with this whole message of what it's like to be a woman in the industry, it's like people are like, oh God, she's talking about feminism again. But it's right. like, yes, we are, because we're still experiencing uh, you know, oppression through this patriarchal society we live in. We are still being made to feel like objects and made to feel like we're not good enough and we're undervalued and we're underpaid. You know? so, Yes, we're going to keep talking about it until yep. this shit changes. Yep. And Lion's Den, I mean, for me as a young girl from New Zealand going to work in a very male-dominated industry where the concept of a female MC having an album out and rolling with one of the biggest crews in drama base was just <laughs> outlandish to some people who right. just couldn't come to terms with it. You know, I definitely had to navigate a few lion's pits I'll and bet. lion's I'll dens bet. Yeah, in I'm my sure time. you've got some stories to tell. I definitely, definitely yeah. do, and they'll all be coming out in my book. Yeah, it's a spirit. <laughs> so, so are you still like the only female MC in no, New no, Zealand? No, no, uh, no. Oh, in New Zealand? Yes. No, not at all. I mean, there are other female MCs, but that perhaps they're just not as prolific yet because they haven't quite come through. But I know there are other women doing it in New Zealand, so I don't want to say I'm the, the only one because I'm not. 
Um, and I'm definitely not the only one internationally. There's a ton of other amazing female MCs right. who existed when I when I first started out already were there and new new uh, women and non-binary people who are also coming through now. Yep. Yeah. So you're kind of a trailblazer though. You're kind of... Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you, if you met some some young 19, 20 year old that wants to do it, what kind of advice do you give them? I meet them a lot. Yeah, I'll bet I you. I get have. a lot of like messages as well and, and people asking me. My advice is always to be, um, to not watch what anyone else is doing and just do you. Right. Like, it's really important to find a unique voice in the industry. And, you know, when I first started out, I thought I should sound like a 35-year-old black man from London uh. because that was what, ooh, that was what, <laughs> that was what I'd listened to and grown up with. Yep. And so I obviously thought that I needed to emulate that. I also thought I needed to sound more masculine to be taken seriously. Right. Um, but actually, that's kind of become my style now. I do have quite a deep voice and on the mic it does tend to cut it through, cuts through. Right. yeah um but i would say yeah find what's unique about you what's your angle gonna be um it's not you don't have to have a thing or an angle necessarily but it's important to have your own authentic sound at least right um and i would say be prepared to work really hard be prepared to hustle be prepared to get a lot of shit. um you need to have a thick skin but also be prepared to know your worth and stand your ground. And when you feel like something's being, um, when you're being undervalued valued or you're being treated inappropriately, say it. So now also, if I'm not mistaken, you've just done a show in Queenstown and you got one coming up in the neck of the woods. Is that right? Um, yeah, so the one in Queenstown, I didn't actually end up doing. Oh, what happened? Um, they kind of blew their budget out and they could actually only afford Aroha's flights. It was the, fl the flights are just so ridiculously expensive at the moment anyway. Right, right. So I didn't actually end up doing that, but that was good because I mean, I could go to Tammy's show. There you go. <laughs> so see. silver linings. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've got one coming up at Nick of the Woods. What's going to happen? Um, so we've got an international artist coming over called Galaxy. Uh, they're a duo, um, but it's just one of them coming, John Galaxy. He plays that beautiful instrumental kind of melodic drum and bass that um, I was telling you about. Right. Um, really prolific DJ. My husband is actually the promoter, so it's it's his show, and I'm emceeing with my husband. Cool. Yeah. So that's coming up, and then um, lots of other shows as well. I've got like Whiteout Festival coming up in Christchurch, um, and then I'm hoping to go to the UK and to Sardinia in September. To Sardinia. Play a, yeah, play a couple of festivals. Why not? Sounds like Why fun. Why not? I mean, if I can afford it, I just need to have a little look at my budget. Fantastic. Alrighty. Well, we got Future Dwellers. It's out. Yep. Do you like sell? Does the music sell? Is that a thing anymore? Is yeah, it just you know down what? Streams it, and whatever. I've, I've pushed it on Bandcamp, and I've got to say, I'm really impressed with the amount of people who have come in and paid for it and Yay. paid above what I've got it on there for, That's which cool. is so supportive. Thank you, everybody who does that. Um, and loads of streams. It's had a, had over ten thousand streams, um, and you know, like just so many wonderful comments. People just saying how much it's resonated with them and. And that just means so much to me because this is this is like my eighth eighth studio album and the fact that people yep. are still listening to me and supporting mm -hmm. me is really awesome. And it's out under my own imprint, Rain Recordings. Right. Um, I wanted to do it myself because I didn't, that means that no one can tell me what to make, when to put it out or how to put it out. I can do it exactly how I want, Yay. which is what I've done. Which is the way it should be. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for stopping by. Thank you by. so much it's been for fun. having me. Yeah, we'll Yay. have to. Hope the show goes well at the neck of the woods. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks.